Well, hello there, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and today on this edition of The Conversation, we're talking with John Crownover. He is a prevention and education coordinator with Domestic and Sexual Violence Services, That's part of the Department of Family Services with Fairfax County. June is Fatherhood Awareness Month, and in recognition of that, John and I are discussing healthy masculinity, what that means, as well as men and boys as allies in gender-based violence prevention. So that's a mouthful of a topic, John, but thanks for being here with us on the conversation. Thank you, Jim. I'm real happy to be here with you. Looking forward to the conversation as we were chatting before we started rolling. It's definitely a topic conversation I'm not extremely familiar with, so I'm hoping to gain some valuable insights from us. But when I brought up the introduction, healthy masculinity, what what does that mean? What is that? Sure. Um, Basically, it means, you know, what are some of the attributes of um, growing up uh, as a boy or as uh, and developing into a man um, that, you know, promote healthy attributes, masculine attributes um, about um, development, right? So that includes, you know, often we hear, you know, terms like uh, man up or, you know, uh, boys don't cry and so forth. And so a healthy masculinity is, you know, you can be strong, you can be a leader, but you can also, um, you know, show emotion um, and other attributes that are not always typically associated with um, being a boy or a man. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain kind of cultural traditions, norms that say, you, you know, a man um, can be angry. He, you know, he can be um, happy. Um, but, you know, healthy masculinity means that, you know, that there are much more broader range of emotions that um, can be expressed, you know, like empathy or, you um, you know, uh, showing concern for others, caring, Mm -hmm. and those don't often get the attention, um, you know, whether it's through media, you know, um, or, you know, values that are often promoted as much. And so we're trying to kind of demonstrate that, you know, a healthy masculinity means being attuned to uh, all different types of emotions and that, you know, some of these kind of stereotypes or Mm -hmm. traditional forms of masculinity are Mm -hmm. only one part of the whole picture, right? Right. Um, And uh, they often don't get the same attention um, or in our media, like in TV programs, you know, often it pigeonholes boys and men um, with a certain type of personality. For example, you mentioned fatherhood, um, you know, being important this month. If you often look at um, the TV programs, Often, you know, the father is kind of the butt of the joke uh, in a lot of these TV serials. You know, he's like, oh, well, he means well, but he's kind of always bumbling through things and everything. So it kind of, you know, creates a stereotype um, uh, around fathers, um, too. So I think uh, healthy masculinity is just trying to broaden um, what we mean when we talk about being a boy or a man in in society. Mm -hmm. Twofold question here, I think, I want to ask a couple of topics that I think 
really deserve a, a, a deep dive. So I don't really want to make it a two-part question. So I'll, I'll do the first part and then follow up with the second part. Sure. What, what I was going to talk about was you mentioned media, TV, and the stereotypes, but then also family values. So setting that up for the, for the two parts. You mentioned media, television shows, movies, that type of thing. It's hard for kids, I think, not to see stuff on TV or in the movies and believe that's the way they're supposed to behave. Mm -hmm. So do you counteract that with good family values? Yeah, I think um, there are a variety of ways to, to counteract that. I just think of, you know, I grew up here in Fairfax County and I think oh, of my you're own. You're the one. <laughs> <laughs> and I think of my own childhood and and the media that was there, you know, the teen movies that came out during that time that often promoted, you know, certain types of masculinities, right? That boys saw girls as something to either own or conquest, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that um, a, a number or a box to check um, around, um, you know, their behavior. Um, and so, you know, a lot of those things get kind of promoted. Uh, and of course, we know most boys, uh, uh, school age boys, high school, college, don't do that. But the media kind of um, creates a culture where we often identify and think, oh, well, maybe, you know, I should be doing that. That's what yeah. everybody is doing. Right. Um, so it and it often, you know, raises the level of um, feeling inadequate, right? Because mm. everybody is muscle bound or, <laughs> right, you know, right. they spend eight hours a day in the gym. And so, you know, boys often can have the same social expectations that they should look a certain way, just as girls do, right? You know, um, a lot of magazines and so forth also target boys with a certain physical appearance and look. Mm. Um, uh, and if they don't attain that, that could also impact their self-esteem, just as girls' self-esteem can be impacted by magazines that target them um, as well. So I think, you know, it's important for, for parents, you know, to have conversations um, um, with their kids about that, uh, and especially young men about that, understanding, you know, when you see Thor in the uh, <laughs> right. new Marvel movie right. uh, who, um, you know, spent eight hours a day to build that look, you know, that that's also not a realistic look, um, you know, for uh, a young man, for a man in society. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to promote healthy behaviors, physical education. That's great. But we also want it to be, you know, based on, you know, unrealistic attitudes right, and, right. and behaviors. So how do, how do parents combat all the stimuli that kids are seeing about how they should act or how they should be, et cetera. What, do, what can or should parents do at home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think compared to my generation, a lot more parents are embracing the, the youth culture that exists, right? So they keep up with the music that mm -hmm. their kids might be listening to. They go to the movies um, with their kids to go see the latest Marvel or DC movie. Um, and those provide opportunities to have those kinds of conversations, right? You might not do it during the movie um, or if you're watching uh, the video or streaming at home, but it does provide opportunities to say, you know, you know, isn't this great, you know, looking at all the abilities that these superheroes have, um, you know, obviously it's a fantasy film and everything. Right. But to really, you know, drive home that, you know, there are different ways to be a superhero, uh, right, that mm -hmm. are grounded right. in, in reality um, and that, you know, to address, um, you know, even a lot of these actors talk about, 
you know, the unhealthy aspect of uh, the role that they are doing, you know, the diet uh, uh, mm-hmm. that they've had to go on that, you know, would only be medically supervised. So, you know, how do you bring those kinds of conversations to to your kids, um, you know, to make sure that, you know, they are um, eating healthy and not looking to aspire to the kind of physical transformation that can be harmful that some of these actors or some of the things that they might see in different types of media do, which usually do under medical supervision during right, the right. filming um, and so forth. I think communication is really a key part mm. of that and utilizing opportunities to, whether it's to discuss lyrics and songs that you're hearing in the car, you know, sadly, a lot of lyrics, um, you know, promote kind of harmful um, views, right, right. Um, you know, about how boys might treat girls. Um, again, sometimes they perpetuate a sense of entitlement uh, over girls and, and girls' bodies. Um, and, uh, you know, this is important to counteract that through conversation, um, you know, that parents can have with their kids. Right. Um, and, you know, and he, listening to them, um, mm. you know, what do they think of that song, um, you know, and, uh, you know, having that dialogue, I think, is right, right. really critical. And, and that's really part of the prevention work that we're trying to do is have conversation and dialogue, um, you know, with people in the community um, around issues that are linked to domestic and sexual violence um, and what we can do together uh, as a community to prevent it. I listened to some of the songs I grew up with, and at the time it was like a catchy tune, a catchy Mm -hmm. beat, but I didn't really understand the meaning of the words that were being said. And now when I kind of go back and listen, it's like, oh, my, <laughs> you know. So is it worth having a conversation as your kid or teenager is listening to something saying, you know, what does that mean or, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think every generation probably has their music that their parents don't like, uh, right? Absolutely. So so I think that's just part of the normal discourse. But I think what's important is the kind of conversation. And, you know, parents help set the values in the house. And and we know that kids are going to listen. You know, they've got their headphones on. They're going to listen to whatever music. Um, But, you know, it's important to, to realize you know, what are some of the things that the music is um, promoting about, you know, how a boy should behave and act, how a girl should um, behave and act. And, you know, I think um, having that kind of dialogue, you know, letting them know your values and and concerns about it without banning the music, right? Mm -hmm. Because we Mm -hmm. know that that traditionally won't work. But I think... Usually um, goes the other way. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, setting, um, you know, setting that conversation so that... Because we do know that even as teenagers get older, they have a, a much broader... Um, sense of role models and people they look up to, Mm. but parents are still the number one influencer um, over their kids. And so, you know, um, what they see in the home, what they listen and hear from their parents has enormous influence on their kids. So really um, having an open conversation about any of these issues um, is quite important. Right. We're talking with John Crownover. He is a prevention education coordinator with Domestic and Sexual Violence Services with Fairfax County's Department of Family Services. We're talking about healthy masculinity, and uh, we were just talking about family values, and I hear a lot in in the media about the lack of a father figure in many households across America uh, how, how do you deal with that in trying to teach young men about 
healthy masculinity when there's not a father figure in the house? Mm-hmm. Well, I think twofold. I mean, I think, you know, there is um, sometimes it's a stereotype also about the absent father. I mean, mm. obviously, we know that there is. Um, and sometimes um, it's used to perpetuate stereotypes about certain groups uh, in in the United States um, as well. And so I think it's good to um, address that. At the same time, um, we do know that, you know, some um, uh, children, boys and young men grow up um, without a father or a father who is not actively involved in their life. And, you know, this is where, you know, you see the broader role of uh, mentors, of coaches, of teachers, of other family members who, you know, hopefully also step up into the lives um, of those young people who Mm -hmm. may be missing, um, you know, an element of their family um, for that. So I think, you know, it's important to be exposed to a variety of role models, both men and women um, in it. And I know that, you know, looking at myself growing up, I can still think of teachers who were very influential uh, mm. in my life. Um, and, you know, I can think of um, other people, neighbors and others who were also had influence on me. So I think, you know, it can be an issue in some families, um, you know, a father who is absent. Um, but I think there are a lot of, you know, men who play roles, mentorships, um, Big Brothers program, you know, Fairfax Department of Family Mm -hmm. Services has, uh, you know, uh, Befriend a Child program. Um, And so I think that there are resources um, available, um, you know, if there is a child that is in need of that kind of support. Um, Because I think when we talk about prevention, we know that, um, you know, sometimes there are issues that um, teens particularly may not uh, feel comfortable to approach to their uh, parents, uh, mm-hmm. too. And so um, having positive mentors in their life, um, um, you know, can be a positive influence um, around some of the exposures that they have um, right. growing up and issues that they're, you know, dealing with. Right. Well, it was a perfect segue. I don't know if you had noticed I had written down on my notes I was going to ask you about resources. So that was a perfect segue. Talk mm-hmm. to me about what family services uh, can offer the family unit, if you will, the the kids, but also the parents in uh, trying to, you know, ensure healthy masculinity. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's um, a couple things. I think, you know, within my uh, division, within Department of Family Services and Domestic and Sexual Violence Services, um, you know, we do um, a lot of training and work in schools, in the community, um, for parents groups, um, where we talk um, about these issues, um, about, you know, uh, how to have conversations around consent, um, how to promote, you know, healthy ideas of masculinity, um, how to have conversations, um, you know, with your children um, around these, uh, you know, healthy relationships. These are all, you know, important things um, that, uh, you know, should be covered um, in different ways. You know, I think uh, the school's 
um, do one part. You know, our, uh, the teen centers from neighborhood community services mm-hmm. provide another opportunity. Um, you know, we have various sports leagues. Um, you know, again, I mentioned how coaches often can be very influential. Right. Um, you know, whether um, you're in playing sports in the county school system, um, whether you're playing in some of the uh, other athletic groups that exist here. Um, so, you know, we're looking at how we can um, expand our engagement um, with, you know, coaches, for example, um, who, you know, promote different values around leadership, around good teammanship. Right, right. And that's a good entry point, too, around promoting uh, healthy values around healthy masculinity, um, too. You know, there is sadly in sports, there is often that term like, you know, don't play like a girl. <laughs> right. uh, and, you know, that and, you know, that sends a really negative message about uh, girls to boys. Right. Yeah. And we know some of the best Sports players in the United States are girls and women, uh, right? right? And, you know, Title uh, IX really built a pathway uh, for women's inclusion, girls' inclusion in sports and equity and equality in that. And I think, you know, some of these, um, you know, stereotypes, um, you know, it's an opportunity for coaches to really – you know, promote healthy masculinity and challenge some of these old, uh, you know, stereotypes that, right. uh, you know, perpetuate male culture sometimes uh, right. and how we use it to sometimes police, um, you know, what a good man should be. Um, right, right. Yeah, my daughter played uh, uh, travel basketball as well as travel soccer and high school soccer. And uh, you say, uh, you play like a girl. Well, I would consider that a compliment. <laughs> right. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, uh, the the World Cup uh, for, yeah, you absolutely. know, women's soccer, you know, one day the men's soccer might get there, but it hasn't. Um, but <laughs> right. we know the, the women's league has. Um, and so there's a lot to celebrate um, in that regards. And yeah. so I think it's important for, for men as well to kind of challenge those stereotypes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, whenever we have a chance. Right. Let's make sure we uh, talk about domestic sexual violence services and Mm -hmm. prevention efforts. What are, what are we, um, well, we're trying to prevent domestic and sexual violence. Right. Okay. How, How do you accomplish that or what are the prevention efforts or things you want to talk about? Right. Well, we, you know, we follow a a model um, that, you know, looks um, broadly at the community, right, and Mm -hmm. how we can engage at multiple levels at the community, right? So we want to engage one-on-one at a relationship level with um, those that we engage with. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to look more broadly at the community. What are some of the community structures? So, for example, we talked about sports. You know, there are structures here, um, you know, for kids to grow up and play sports, whether in the schools or outside. Um, You know, there are different um, opportunities for families to engage um, in the community, whether it's a rec center, um, our parks and everything. So we really try to look broadly um, at different uh, entry points for mm-hmm. working with the community. Um, we have a lot of great community partners, organizations that we work with as well that have often, you know, entry points with different communities that exist here, whether we talk about the LGBTQI community or um, the Hispanic Latino community. So these community partners, you know, have a long relationship with them. So we try to make sure we're working with the community partners who know different communities 
um, you know, very well. And then we look at what are some of the the needs of those communities and how we can build our programs around that. So, for example, um, we've had a lot of requests from some of the um, uh, Latino and Hispanic parents mm-hmm. for uh, training for parents um, around how to have conversations with their teenagers around healthy relationships and consent mm-hmm. um, with that. And so, you know, as part of the prevention, you know, we try to look at how we can increase resources um, in languages outside of just English mm-hmm. um, to make sure that, you know, we have a diverse county that we're able to reach all, all members right. of that community. Um, and, you know, there are different, like, proven methodologies. So, for example, mm. bystander intervention. Um, you know, um, when we're at a restaurant or let's say if you're a college student and you're at a bar, right, and you're with a group of your male friends and um, maybe one's had a little bit too much to drink. Maybe he hasn't, but he's making some comments that we would judge to be inappropriate towards um, some right. women maybe right. that he is trying to make conversation with. Um, you know, a bystander, um, which could be somebody um, that is doesn't know him or it could be a friend of his, could would challenge him and say, you know, come on, man, that's not appropriate behavior. Let's knock it off. Mm. Um, you know, that stands up and says, you know, um, some accountability when we see something that we know is harmful. Right. You know, in the workplace, um, we see a joke uh, that we think is sexist <laughs> and right. not okay. Right. You know, we know that that was a norm for a lot of the workplace cultures right. historically. A Me Too movement help kind of break out some of that. Um, and, you know, it's it's challenging um, when we see inappropriate behavior, particularly that's disrespectful or marginalizing another group. Um, you know, the, and these there are bystander intervention efforts around how to approach uh, that in a safe way um, when you see harm that is being committed by someone against another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you know, one of the efforts. It's uh, well-established programs uh, in colleges around that where there's often issues around um, sexual harassment, stalking, sexual violence uh, that takes place on campuses. Mm. Um, and so, um, you know, we are working, we work with GMU, we work with NOVA on how to highlight these issues and how we can support their efforts right. um, to raise awareness um, with students. Um, in high schools, um, our uh, youth um, uh, and education outreach specialist is raising that same awareness um, in in high schools um, as well. So really, you know, primary prevention is really designed to engage the broader community as allies in Mm, addressing domestic and and sexual violence in that by conversation, dialogue, by community um, events that kind of, you know, challenge us all to be better. Um, And especially when we talk about healthy masculinity, how men can be better. Um, You know, most men are um, good in terms of, you know, they're not uh, aggressive towards women and so forth. But we are part of a culture that sometimes rewards that behavior. Mm. And sometimes we may see something but be uncomfortable to say something about it. Mm. Um, but it's it's trying to say that we all have a role to, to play, whether it's a parents with the son um, or a friend um, out with a group of friends um, that you know, we can all play a part. And that's kind of what bystander interventions really seeks to do right. um, around that. Okay. 
Uh, I, I feel like there's a whole lot more we could talk about about this topic, but uh, we're unfortunately on the on the end of our time. Uh, I do want to let you know that if you want to get more information, of course, just go to fairfaxcounty.gov and you can search either domestic and sexual violence services or, as I mentioned in the intro, June is or was, depending on when you're listening to this, Fatherhood Awareness Month. So you can just search Fatherhood Awareness on uh, fairfaxcounty.gov. A couple of different ways you can get to, uh, to more resources and information. That is a page under, not not under construction, but under in progress, I guess, if you will. So yeah, always re- being updated. Yeah, yeah. So more research, uh, resources added. Uh, last thirty seconds. Anything I didn't ask? Anything you want to make sure we leave with when we're talking about healthy masculinity? No, I just think that you know this is something um, you know we see a lot of things in the news constantly um, that are often showing the more harmful aspects of masculinity, and I think you know there's a lot we can do as a community to promote healthy values uh, around what it means to be a boy or a man in society, mm-hmm. and a lot of men live like that every day, so it's really amplifying those men in our communities. Right, right. So draw attention to that and highlight that as opposed to the other. Definitely. Yeah. John, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Pleasure. John Crown, uh, Crown, Crown over with us, uh, Domestic and Sexual Violence Services. He's a prevention and educated education coordinator. We've had a pretty good conversation, I feel like, on uh, healthy masculinity and what it means to be a, a, a man in today's society. So uh, thanks to you, John, for being here. Thanks to you for listening. If you want to get more Fairfax County news, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov news. Or you can just call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. That is weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.